Hello, 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 my friends. This is your neighbor, Ray, your friend, Ray. And it's been a little bit while since I've been in the podcast, and I'll tell you all that. But Scooter, has, he has bullet points here for me to follow. And bullet point one, after saying, I'm so glad to be here, I'm so glad to be in your ears, my friend. Oh, I've missed you so. I have missed all of you podcast people so much. It is so good to be in your ears here. So comfortable. What a wonderful place to be in the human ear. And if I had a cap to tip to you, I would tip you for letting me in your ears. It's a very brave choice uh, to let Ray in your ears. And I mean, I'll do my best to take your mind off of things, just like a little pod boy does. But I'm glad you're here, as Scooter likes to say. But for, for those of you that have never met me before, I'm Scooter's neighbor, Ray. And that's R-A-Y, like a little ray of sunshine. I hope to bring a smile to your face, to warm your cheeks, and to kiss your cheeks. I mean, not physically kiss your cheeks, but to kiss your cheeks and say, oh, hello, hello, hello. I am so happy. Uh, so, oh, so who am I? Scooter, he, this is the thing. Introduce yourself to the new listeners, Ray. Now, I can't believe how many people listen to this podcast now. Scooter was telling me, and I said, holy moly, I don't even know. Holy cow. So that is important for me to introduce myself. So I'm Scooter's neighbor, Ray. I said that. I live in Ray Perkins. If you don't search me on the Internet, though, because I don't I like that, that that's my name, Ray Perkins. And it's not, you know, but, you know, I'm I'm retired, so don't worry about finding me at the LinkedIn or whatever that thing is. But I, I happen to live next door to Scooter, and uh, he's my neighbor. He's been my neighbor since before he started this little podcast thing. And one day he said to me, Ray, well, he, okay, let me tell you a couple things about being Scooter's neighbor. So I live next door to this young man. And he is like a, he is like a, like a, he doesn't want to be a grouch, but he, and he's a little bit afraid. He, I don't know if he's afraid of people, but he thinks he is. I think that's his problem. And I also think he doesn't think he likes people, but he really does. But he's also introvert. And I forget those things since I'm an extrovert. I forget this sometimes little Andy. That's what I call him sometimes. That he needs a little time on his own to escape from the world and have a little quiet time. Now, you know, me, I get recharged just sitting there looking at little Andy being uncharged by having me looking at him. But so I have the pleasure of being his neighbor and I've lived next door to him for quite some time. And in a little, he, he lives in a little apartment building with four little units there. And we just had a quite a storm come through here. But so I've seen this little pot boy and before well, I would always, he would always try to walk by me. We talk about this on the show before, but he would always try to avoid, you know, Ray and, and I'd say, Oh, hello. When, when I, now I think he always tries to turn over a new leaf. So when he first moved in, he was very friendly, uh, before he real, like, I think I, so I figured out who he was, and he had a daughter. He has a daughter, and I said, "Well, this is an interesting story here." And I think that's when everything. And then he started to avoid me. He didn't want to share his story, and I think you know, as with all of us, our stories are still being written and told at the same time, or some such thing. 
But so, uh, you know, he, for the longest time, he would try to avoid me. He would, like, my, if he goes down his driveway where the parking, before he used to never have a car. And now he leases one of these cars. So, but before that, he could not, he would try to avoid me and pretend he's on the phone or act like he didn't see me. And he would race down the driveway. And, uh, but I would say, oh, hello, hello. And he, you know, he, he calls, he goes by many different names. Uh, he doesn't go by Scooter, but I call him Scooter. I also call him the pot boy. And so uh, we've become friends and becoming friends with him is a bit like digging. You know, you, you, it's work. It's a lot of work. Also, because of him, I have two young men that live with me that are like my, you know, children, but they're, they're grown, but they're like, uh, they're not boys, but they act like the boys. Uh, uh, one, one was a boy who once was a king and he, he used to go by a name T O M M E N. But now he goes by a Mikey. He lives with me. You may remember when I picked him up last year, he was going in his, he had had enough of his mother. He said, I'm going to live with Ray. And he came and lived with me, Mikey. And then his best friend is the Gregor. And once he was also, he lived in the same area as Mikey, but he's a big boy. And so the three of us live together. So now Scooter never comes over, even though he likes both of them and they like him. I think it's like too much for Scooter to handle. But so I live next door and I, but oh, more about me. I, I'm, I'm an older gentleman. I'm, I'm retired and my age will not be revealed. And remember, age is just a number. Like, uh, I, so Scooter calls me like, uh, Scooter doesn't even know how old I am. And I honestly think Scooter would know the difference between 55 and 95 if you put them in a lineup. I think the only ages Scooter knows are like, uh, and this is true, 20, 40, and then 90. Those are the ages Scooter can, and then under 20. Those are the ages he knows, and then a baby. So don't, you know, Scooter doesn't know really ages. He doesn't need to know my age. You know, I'm, I'm an experienced man and have lived a full life. Now, why does Scooter have me on the show? That's the question the new people could be asking themselves. And that's because your friend Ray, you know, I love a lot of things. I love the world. I love people. I love the sun. I love the earth. I love the planet. I love, uh, I, I love water. But one thing I love is theme parks. Uh, your friend Ray loves the theme park. Disney theme parks are my top, uh, top choice. But I also go to other theme parks, and uh, so Scooter has me on the show one time because he said, Ray, you could talk about a theme park for hours, like even the hotel he could talk about. Because I would tell Scooter, I said, well, you should have seen the tile in this bathroom. It was like, uh, I said, i never seen tile like that in a bathroom. And he said, well, don't talk about the bathrooms, but you could talk about the, come on the podcast, uh, and then I get to learn about podcasts, and, you know, I listen to Doughboys, and uh, I love Karen and Georgia. I don't know if they're listening, but I love them so. And all the people, Dustin and Dan and Cody and Rand. Oh, I, I would love to meet Randy, Randy H. Uh, but, but anyway, Scooter's giving me a, a time sign because I'm still not. So Scooter said, why don't you come on the podcast? Why don't you talk about Disney theme parks? Uh, this was the first time I came on. 
And lo and behold, people fell asleep. Now, not everybody falls asleep. So some people will skip these because they say, well, I raised not my cup of tea, which is fine. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's a, that's just a fact. But so, you know, I, get, I do get the honor of coming on this podcast and talking about things. And Scooter, like, uh, now Scooter always says it's me, but he Scooter's very, holy cow, does he take this podcast seriously, this pod boy? Because every day I'm like, when am I going to be able to go on the podcast again and talk about theme parks, Scooter? I went to this theme park and I went to this one and I rode this ride. And he said, Ray, you know, this making a sleep podcast and making it sound free and easy is a lot of work. It doesn't do like, like, uh, and he said, it takes a lot of planning. And he said, he's, he goes, sometimes this, he goes, uh, I have to plan out when there's going to be a character voice on because I do, I don't want to mess people's rhythm up. If there's a show with characters, I can't have a guest on because, you know, I want to make sure everybody has something to listen to every single week. Uh, because I know Scooter, he would probably do like a, like an on-location episode all the time, too. But he said, well, that doesn't work for everybody. Plus, it's a lot more work. So I said, fine, let me know when you want to come on. And then the next day, I said, when am I going to come on the podcast? And he said, well, when the character voices are done, right? So did you're not waking anybody up that doesn't want to be woken up. And I said, oh, fine. But, I, but the reason I ask is because, oh, it's just such an honor to be on the show. Such a pleasure. You people are so nice. You, you you would think that being sleepless would make people irritable, like Scooter is normally. But you people are so kind, and you say, oh, Ray, we love you so. And you send me, you send school. Scooter tells me, he says, Ray, the listeners love you like nothing I've ever seen. And I said, well, Scoots, it's just a matter of talking to people and smiling. Like, you walk around with the frown looking at the ground. How's the world going to love you if you don't let them in? And he said, there's no He said, "There's no room at my inn, Ray. It's, my inn is closed and out of business, and it's not open. And also, I, you know, it's only a, a mule stall or something. And I said, what are you talking about, little pot boy? And he said, he said, anyway, Ray, let's not talk about me. The listeners love you. They love you so much. And I just had a tear in my eye. I said, oh, hope those listeners, I knew, I knew anybody. And I said, Pat boy, they love you too. And then he said, Ray, he goes, I got to go. Like he says that a lot. You know, I think that's the thing in his whole, uh, it's a coping mechanism, I believe. But so he, so thank you for letting me come on the show and thank you for letting me be in your ears. Such an honor. So tonight Scooter was said, well, I, well, I was telling Scooter, he said, well, he said, well, Ray, uh, well, I was telling him I went on this one ride, uh, experience would be a better word or a tour. And I went on it about five or six times to collect as much data and richness as I could to share it with all of you. And finally, it's time, but I just had did it. I had just done it. Uh, so this timing just worked out perfectly. Now, down in the Los Angeles area is a place called the Universal Studios. And it's a working studio, but it also has a theme park. And I realize there's a lot of, like, like there's a lot of things there. But the one thing you have there is a Universal Studio tour. And I don't know why everybody in the world isn't talking about this tour. Now, I may have gone on this 20 or 30 years ago, 
but somehow your friend Ray had forgotten all about it, and I was down there, and they had a little bargain going for people from California, so I headed down there, and this tour, holy cow, you get it now, I'll tell you all about it, I'm going to take you through the tour. Now, like a tour guide, though, like I'm sitting there, like I'll tell you the story of when I was on this tour, because I went on it so many times. I said, well, I got to go on this again. It's different every time. And you have a tour guide and you have uh, all these tram cars full of passengers and they have different things going on to entertain you. And you're going by behind the scenes. Now, I will answer one question. I did not see any celebrities. About the most famous thing I saw, depending on who you, what, what level of fame, is either Robert Zemeckis's parking spot or Ted Danson's parking spot. And you can choose who you think is more famous. Or I saw the building where Mindy Kaling uh, films a show, but I was hoping to see her. And I saw the back of someone, and I yelled, Mindy, Mindy, Mindy. But it was not her. But they were walking into the building where she sh- shoots a show. Also, there was the show, I think it's called The Voice. Well, I'll tell you all about that on the tour, but I didn't see any celebrities. Uh, I mean, unless you consider the celebrities that are part of the tour. So I was hoping to see some celebrities. So let me get you, let me take a little break here, and then we'll take you on the Universal Hollywood Studios tour. Thank you, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is your friend Ray. I'm back again. I hope I don't sound too different. I did have a little snack to make sure I'm at 100% here to give you my best and my greatest, my best and my brightest. But I want to take you on the Universal Hollywood Studio Tour. And your friend Ray, oh, you, now you know how much Ray loves a good, a good ride. And I also love a queue. Now, a queue is when you have to wait in line. And there's probably a couple of things you need to know about this studio tour. I never saw the wait over 30 minutes, but they have plenty of signs all over Universal with how long you have to wait in line. And they have an application so you could look it up on your phone. And I found those wait times to be highly accurate. And what you do is you actually go to another part of the park. You go past uh, Simpsons uh, Springfield and Harry Potter Land. And you take a few escalators or a set of stairs, if you prefer, and you go down a couple levels. And then when you start to go down, there's someone sitting in the director's chair on the mic. And I said, this is a job for a podcast. I got to call Scooter. And he said, Ray, I did call him. And he said, Ray, I work about 120 hours a week between my job. And then he said, I don't need another job. And I said, Scooter, you'd be perfect for this because you just sit there. The person sits there and they say the tours are going. They also offer tours in other languages. Those are scheduled while the English tours are running all day. Now, because of the time change, your friend Ray did not get a chance to go on a nighttime tour. But I hear wonderful things about these nighttime tours with the lights on and some such things. So one day I hope to do that, my friends. But holy cow. So, okay, so the queue, the waiting in the line part, the good news and the bad news. And also, you know, Ray, you you could call me Pollyanna. I was Pollyanna for one Halloween. Scooter made me be Pollyanna. And uh, but he just, Scooter doesn't even know Pollyanna is. He said, he said, is that one of the little women? 
And I pulled the scooter. I said, what in Luisa May Alcott are you talking about, my young man? And then he said, I said, what are you going to be? Seven brides for seven brothers? And he said, Ray, that's too ironic. Uh, he said, if I had uh, six other friends and then seven, you know, I would think about that. But that's not a bad idea. And he was giggling about the Louisa May Alcott thing. Uh, but so, but I am a Pollyanna, but I have a couple of small objections to propose. Uh, well, good news, the, the line is long, but it's always moving. And not a lot can be said. And also, oh, if, if you, if you like to drink any beverage, uh, you could bring beverages on this tour. As of the time I went on it, they actually said food and beverages welcome. And there was people with adult beverages and soda pop, you know, all those things in line. So that's another good thing. The line can be long, but it is always moving. So that, and it's shaded. So that's not bad. So, but the queue is not very uh, immersive because you're waiting there for the um, shuttles to pull up. So that was, it wasn't a big issue for me, but what was an issue for me is this is a fit. Now, this is a little different than uh, like a Disney park. And, and this is not, I do not have a problem with this. That uh, It's not as sanitized, but it's not all. This is like a PG, PG experience. And if you don't talk to your kids, you can't blame the theme park, you know. So if you, if your kids see something, and it's outside the realm of understanding. It's the parent's job or the guardian's job to explain it to them, not the freaking theme park. So don't go, go crying about this. But at the same time, I have to live in a world where there's balance. And I say some of these movies that they're showing, like I don't know if you want to be explaining to your kid while you're waiting in line what the 40-year-old virgin means. As I heard about 45 times. And then, of course, of course these boys thought they were funny. And they said, there goes the 80-year-old virgin. And so then I took the mother out to dinner to show them a thing or two. Uh, and so, so believe me, they, they, they'll, they'll never make that joke again uh, with what they had. But anyway, they said, Ray, race, you know, race got a hot streak. Sometimes I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's true, though. But, oh, boy. So that was the only thing. A, a couple other ones. And then a little dated with the movies. And, and you know, like I, I don't, uh, you know, there's movies spanning the time. And I think it's a tough balance to strike. But I say, well, the kids here, I don't know if they know any of these movies. Even the ones uh, that Ray and Scooter love. Uh, some of them are before before me, before Scooter. So as much as I love a movie like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I mean, I think Breakfast Club, that is an iconic movie for people of Scooter's age. Or maybe like five years older than him because they were in high school, I think, Scooter. But, but Fast Times, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, my friends. But again, I don't want to be called a Pollyanna again. So I had to raise some kind of objection. So it could be more immersive. It could be... But they do a great job. Like I said, the line is always moving. And another thing, so so you wait in your line, then you get on your tram. And I don't know how many cars that are on the tram, but I rode in one car one, car two, car three, and car four, I believe. And there may be five or six cars. So I had the opportunity to ride in a few different cars. Every time I had a different driver and a different host. And there's a person hosting the ride. 
And some of them, uh, you know, some of them are in Hollywood and you could tell they're working and some of them could, they, they're doing a decent job, but they're not really acting. And I enjoyed those things because I said, well, this person's really, you know, putting on an audition. And why wouldn't you? If you were there, you would be, it would probably help you be on and entertain yourself. But who knows who's riding the ride? You know, uh, now you're going to be indelibly. I didn't write down any of the names of the hosts, and I wouldn't out them. I had uh, only one female host. She was wonderful. And she had on giant sunglasses at different points, which I said, well, that's your choice. Because also on a camera, like a FaceTime camera, so that all the people in the back cars, they can see. Also, it's supposedly hosted by Jimmy Fallon. Uh, but all that means is that Jimmy Fallon cracks some jokes about three times during the whole uh, tour, which is about an hour, 40 minutes to an hour plus, depending on how long your tour goes. So you board your tram, and it's a regular tram. It has sides that go down so you feel secure. You also get 3D glasses. I said, what's with these 3D glasses? I, I knew there was some sort of Fast and Furious thing, but I did not hold—Ray, uh, oh, my goodness, the— uh, the way they build on your expectations on this this tour. Uh, but so you get in the tram, the host introduces themselves, and then they introduce the driver, and you all clap and cheer. And everything is very well piped in. You can hear it well. There's a way to alert the driver if there's any issue. You see them on screen also playing clips of Jimmy Fallon and movie clips. And then they also have, you know, extra clips in case, you know, you do some sitting, which you will do. And there's also a nice view of some uh, solar. You see a nice view of Burbank, and I think it's West North Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, so, and you could even see the Warner Brothers studio. I don't know how, what they think about that, but uh, you could see the Burbank Ikea, which is always nice to know about. Somewhere in Burbank is, is the headquarters of... Uh, Farrell and Mr. Harmon and Mr. Dino and all the, the, the Starburns things. So, so th that's always, I was looking for it, but Scooter didn't say, he said, Ray, I'm busy, I'm at work, leave me alone. So then the, t the tour departs, well, like I said, and they say Jimmy Fallon, they do a little joking with him, and then you go down a hill into these banners of movies throughout history. Universal's been 100 years now making the movies. And you see they show the different, and that was nice. And it's just you're driving, you go past it, you find out that this is Universal City. You pass the fire department, which was nice to see. Uh, you could, you know, you go by all these uh, escalators that go down to the lower lots. And it was a nice way to start off because you get to listen to your host, which also get, it was so relaxing, this tour. Despite all that you get to do, you just sit there and ride along at the same time. And because you're there so long and you can bring a just drink, a snack, it just feels, I, I don't know, my friends, I love it. I love it so much I went on it four or five times. But so you go down this hill and then you start to pass like Jurassic Park so you can hear people having fun on that. And then you, they talk, talk about all the sound stages and then you see the sound stage for the voice. Uh, Cameron Day, what's his name? Carson Daly comes on and tells you about the voice. 
And I was looking for celebrities. Like I said, I didn't see anyone. Uh, and I get those shows mixed up. No offense, Mr. Daly. I love you. Your, uh, your show, like TG Fry, whatever that show was, you launched a million careers. I, I, I give you credit. I know you did. The show Call Me on Friday or whatever it was called, live record, total request live or something. You you really are you you really are the Dick Clock. I I give you full. I, also, I think I saw Dick Clock's parking spot. I said Mister Clock. So you pass that stu- sound stage, then you pass some more of the Universal rides. Then they talk more about uh, how sound stages and the possibility of the Olympics in Los Angeles and studio planning. Then you see Mindy Kaling. Like I said, I didn't see Mindy Kaling. I did think I saw. And I used to, I, like, I, I was yelling a lot. And then, like, then there's a little thing with Mindy Kaling and that young man who's so nice on the show. But I forgot his name. I've heard even heard him on podcasts before. Scooter's a little jealous of him because he's very funny. Ike, I think. Ike Barinholtz is his name. Wonderful young man. I, 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 he could live with me and, and the two boys that live with me. He is nice. I, li- I like Ike, and, and I think that's his name. But so you see that, that I didn't see either one of them, though. You do see, you know, this could be different every time. You know, there was trailers, the star trailers, where the two, you know, dressing rooms. And then you go backstage. And then, like, I, t- I was talking to Scooter a lot during this because he was telling me where he would live. He, after I told him, he said, well, I'd like to live there. I'd like to live on the Universal Backlot. So we, we were picking places where Scooter could live. And after you pass some of the sound stages, you get to some of the old school bungalows where there used to be Rock Hudson's dressing room. That's where I saw Robert Zemeckis's, uh, uh Also the De Laurentiis's. I saw the parking spots. I saw Ted Danson's parking spots. I think I saw Kristen Bell's parking spot, but I'm not sure about that. I was trying to, the person wouldn't move out of my way. And there was a place to, if Scooter was there, he could charge his car. I saw a couple of places to charge cars there. But they see all these old bungalows, and I think now that's where production teams will do the writing and the the meeting and the, you know, the offices. They used to be changing rooms, dressing rooms, they called them. But now the offices and Scooter said, I mean, of course, that would be his dream to live there. It maybe be an office, but he would really live there and then go adventuring in the uh, Universal Studios tour. And he said, I'm positive this was the theme of like, you know, one of my shows when I was little. I don't know if it's Gary Coleman or, you know, Scooby-Doo. But he said, oh, hey, Ray, I'm so jealous of you on this tour. So I just kept calling him and FaceTiming him and all those things. So you get to see all these bungalows, which are nice, which are just like little apartment buildings. You know, it's tough to describe. But uh, And you look at all the, like I said, the parking spots, Robert Zemeckis and, and all those things. And there was other ma- many famous people. And that was on the left side, and on the right side of giant sound stages. Uh, and you pass through there, and I think I'm trying to think if there, there was any other things I remember about that. I don't remember much else. But then you go to the New York sets, and I think they call it New York Street or some such thing. But you get it to uh, also when Scooter was FaceTime. This Scooter, he he, because it was also he went on the tour with me all those times, five times by FaceTime. Because he's such a podcast pro, 
He saw a set, for, he said it was either a military barracks or a, a prison. The, the, none of the tour guides pointed it out, but Scooter saw it, and then I saw it. And I think this is like Jimmy Stewart Street, but you start to see like uh, sets of city that they can make into different cities, not just New York City. And they have a giant mural in different style buildings. And we didn't get a, we only got to go down one street, so we didn't see a whole lot. But, you know, it, it, this is like what you see in the movies about the movies, you know what I'm saying? Also, of course, I was looking for Ryan Gosling and, uh, Oh, the young woman. How did I forget her name? But from La La Land, I said, Where, where's the cafe? When can I, where's the singing cafe? Because I would like to see Emma Stone and sing with her and dance with Ryan Gosling. Or either one, I, I don't care. I would love to dance with either one. But this is the New York streets. I did see signs for a cafe and I wondered if it was the one, but I think it was a different studio that they were in. Uh, but so there's, I mean, but anyway, in all of that, Damien, Damien, he is so talented. Oh, what a wonderful filmmaker. I've got a case of the scooters. I can't say it's Damien Chazelle. Shazam, I want to say Shazam. But so you get to New York streets and you see a nice little sets and they explain to you forced perspective and about, uh, how Steven Spielberg, the brilliant Steven Spielberg, had some of these ideas. Now, because it's a tour, they didn't talk about the tough times. Like, they had some tough times here with some damage and things. But they said that Steven Spielberg, you know, these were just supposed to be facades. But Steven Spielberg said, well, let's facade my butt, so let's make these into full sets. So we could just, it makes it easier for everybody. And so that was wonderful. And, oh, and, and you just, you know, the, all the smiling going on and, like, uh, you know, these things you see. And you see other tour groups, and you can wave at them. And there was, like, a building where they filmed some of Mindy Kaling's show, and they said they filmed one of the Spider-Mans there. There was a building that looked like a courthouse, and I wondered if that was related to Back to the Future, but they didn't say anything about Back to the Future there. And you could see something that looked like the Jacob Javits Center in the back and something that looked like a movie theater. And they have clips from a movie. I don't know which movie it was. It's a Jim Carrey movie. Uh, I think Liar Liar or some such thing. I think that was called Brownstone Street because there was brownstones. And and then was, at some points in my different tours, you would stop more because there'd be tour groups in front of you, other uh, uh, trams running behind schedule. Uh, but next up, you go up a hill, and then you start to hear from Mr. Peter Jackson from Lord of the Rings fame. And he talks about how much he loves special effects in King Kong. And then he talks about the personality of King Kong and some of the effects. Then you you go into a temple based on, like, this is part of a ride almost. I said, is this like a ride? What are we doing? And then you go into this little area and holy moly, your friend Ray's got to tell you, this was, my mind was blown. It's a 360 degree movie. On both sides of the car, above the car, and the car moves. The trams move, and they even move like they're going fast, and there's uh, water coming, and there's uh, fog effects. 
And it's all about where King Kong says how much he loves humans and Peter Jackson. And uh, it was just, it was, it was touching. And oh, it was so fun to have, like, he wanted to tickle us. And he really does, he loves people, that King Kong. But it was so, it was three, it was in 3D. So you put on your 3D glasses and, uh, Oh, it was really enjoyable. Then you go out of there, and then you're back in the sunlight, and you say, well, boy, I was just on Kong Island. And so that was something I don't think I'll ever forget. And and, and you see all the special effects there. And then you pass something. I couldn't figure out. It was called fifty Stage 55 or some such thing, and I couldn't. It was um, obscured. I don't know if that was actually, like, a real stage or... Uh, it was just part of the, uh, the tour. But the next thing you do is you pass some of the cars from movies, like Flintstone cars, cars from uh, Fast and the Furious movies, a car from the Back to the Future that's not the DeLorean. And then you go through some cars for Jurassic Park, and then they pretend you're in Jurassic Park. where You just get sprayed with a little water. So if it was hot out, it was nice. And not a lot of water. And then you go down into this, uh, like, uh, south of the border village. Uh, they say the, this is Little Mexico, I think is what they called it. And then they show you how they make it rain and thunder and lightning. And then they do a little flash flooding, believe it or not. And then if you're in the car. Now, this one was best in car four and car three, where you say, oh, boy, the water's coming. In the water, you don't really get wet. It just feels like you're going to. And really a fun shared experience. Everybody on there, even my third, fourth, fifth time, everybody was saying, oh, 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 you know. And you get, it was fun hearing the rain and how the different uh, hosts, the tour guides handled it. Everybody did it a little different. There's an appearance by Al Roca on the screen. And that, so that was fun. Then you go through all the Western sets, which was interesting, uh, just seeing them and seeing some people working and seeing how they move things and, you know, just keeping an eye on that. And then you go, you, that takes a little while. And if you're a friend, a fan of Western movies, uh, that's nice. Then you go to the set of Bones, the TV show Bones, an old, uh, I don't know if that's still, I don't think that's on the air anymore. And I think this used to be an old, before Scooter's time, like a Battlestar Galactica thing. But And I know I've seen it on the TV. But you go into a bot station, just like if we have here in the Bay Area, imitation bot station, where you get some disaster effects. And I think this probably was like before King Kong, this was like the cat's meow. Because again, you see like like different special effects, live, real effects, and water, and other things. And I thought to myself, it's nice they're keeping this up. All these like the new effects, like the King Kong, and then the the rain in the little Mexico, and then this, because it really makes it feel full. And it was fun, and there's water, so people are having fun again, like thinking the you know the water's going to come in the car, but it never does. And there's just lots of other cool things. Now, the, after this, at one point, one of my my trams ran out of uh, gas or some such thing, so we had to change trams. But that was the last tour I took. And then after this, you go you go into Amity. Remember Amity? That's where Bruce, the the uh, cartilage friend, lives. 
also goes by J.W.S. And you get to see effects from that movie. You get to see Bruce the College Friend. Also, you see that it was also where uh, Murder, She Wrote was. I don't know what the town was called. Like, uh, like a little, little old... Uh, Oh, Scooter just yelled at me, Cabot Cove. So that was interesting. You say, oh, well, this also was a set of Cabot Cove. And this was the other place Scooter said he would live. He said, I would like to live in Amity, Cabot, Cabot Cove. It looked like there was some spots there where Scooter could sleep with a sleeping bag and pretend he's inside of a facade. And also there was a lifeguard chair overlooking the Amity Bruce thing where Scooter said he would like to sit there and, to, and comment on the rides. Now, after this, uh, the, the tour was different once or twice. I got to see the Desperate Housewives houses and where they shot some of that show. I only watched a few episodes of that show, but it's called Wisteria Lane, and that was so that was cool. Uh, and it looked just like on the TV, and they explained to us how they would change the house if they needed to do some such thing. And I thought that was very fun, seeing the Wisteria Lane. It was like, uh, I said, holy moly, like, this is where the, the housewives are. So that was very fun. Then you pass by Whoville, like uh, this one of the sets left over from Whoville, from Ron Howard's uh, a Grinch movie. And the Christmas tree is up, and Ron Howard talks about making the movie. And I wonder what that would look like at night. I wonder if that would be interesting. Then they have a real effect next, and uh, but but I can't talk about it on the podcast. But it's fun. It's from uh, like I don't like like it's from a movie with a house uh, and a, a motel, and it's just very fun. And it really looks like an old uh, motel. And I said, oh, this would be cool at nighttime too. But also that they keep it there and they don't worry about the space. And then you see the, the, the house on the hill. And again, when I was showing Scooter, he said, I would like to go hiking on all the back. I, I need to, he said, I need to get a bike. I need to explore this uh, studio tour. And I said, Scooter, I don't think that's going to happen for you. And then after that, you go up a hill, and then there's, like, some interplay about the Fast and the Furious going on and off. And you see The Rock, and you see the FBI setting up your finale. But before we get to the finale, there is, like, a, I think it's the world's largest, largest green-blue screen. And so you see, like, in the distance, it's set up, and then they, then they were doing different things when we were there. They weren't filming anything, but they were preparing, and there's a big uh, lake they can use. And at the time I was there, there was a cab, a log cabin. I said, maybe this is from, like, one of these movies that was recently out. I don't know. Uh, but they, I think Rihanna's been there doing videos and Lady Gaga. And so that was very, very exciting. And and then, like, just seeing it, 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 to be there, to be in the hills and to see the, like, uh, Burbank and all those things and the Los Angeles mountains and the beautiful blue sky, green, and, oh, it was just so relaxing. And then the finale is, like, a Fast and the Furious thing. So you go into, like, you they, they call, the rock calls you. Or calls a ride, and they say, there's somebody, you know, Dom is here, and we got to hide out. And then 
You know, with those Fast and Furious movies, I said, Dom, are you a good guy or what? What is going on? Are you undercover or double undercover? Uh, because I never know with him, with Dom. I say, Dom, my buddy, my friend, uh, what, what are you up to? But so, what was I saying? So, uh, then you go in and then, um, um, I, I don't know the characters' names, but two of the lovely characters from the show, they say, we'll hide you out. We're having a dance party. I think Michelle is one, like, uh, Letty is the name in the show. And they say, and then they say, don't, you know, no cell phones. And it's interesting effects. Then, uh, the lovely Vin Diesel shows up and he, you know, and then the FBI shows up and Vin Diesel takes charge. And I'll tell you this scooter, he called Vin Diesel. He said, Vin Diesel will be a star when he saw him in the boiler room. He said, this guy is a star. Uh, at least that's what Scooter tells me. I didn't know Scooter back when the boiler room was out, but he said, I know that that is a genuine star, Vin Diesel. The Rock is as well. And we enjoyed him and Lin-Manuel Miranda and all in the Moana. But so this is not Moana. So you go and, and then Dom says, don't worry, we'll hide you out. Then you put on your gla your 3D glasses again, and then this one is like a bit of a video game. It's 3D like the the, the Kong, King Kong ride, but it's actually a little more immersive, and I couldn't figure out if you're actually moving or the only pretend moving, because you and the tram get into the one of the Fast and the Furious movies, and it is, it is furious. Uh, it did feel like a real deal. There was so much going on to try to pick up. Even after five times, I said, that will, and, oh, Gaston's in there. I said, that's Gaston over there. Because I had forgotten that Gaston was in the Fast and the Furious. I forgot his name now in the Fast and the Furious. He's like, uh, he's not a good guy in there. But I guess Gaston's not. No one, something's like Gaston. But don't worry, Vin Diesel takes good care of him, and also Letty takes care of his truck. And this, uh, this ride is three-dimensional. What, what is state-of-the-art? I assume it's state-of-the-art. It felt like it to me. And you're going through, it did seem like a lot of, uh, I forget why they were doing it. I think just because someone left the cell phone on, the whole thing. And they said, really, you did all that because one of the people left the cell phone on. That seems like a waste of gasoline. So that's how that goes. And then you, uh, then you're finished. Then everybody cheers for the driver and the host. And then you park, uh, and everybody disembarks. There's a restroom there because you couldn't go to the restroom the whole time. So I don't think I could bring Scooter with me because his Scooter can't. He he drinks too many liquids. So he always has to be going to the bathroom, especially when he's at these parks with the soda. Now they don't have unlimited soda, so Scooter probably won't go here like they did at uh, the Universal in Orlando. Uh, but that so then you get off the ride and you see. I mean, I said to myself, Ray, you got to go on this again in another twenty, thirty, forty minutes. And I wanted to go when it was nighttime, but that did not work out because of the time change. And I think because of the time of the year I was there. But, oh, my friends, you will love this Universal Studios tour. I'm trying to think. So let me just run through it again. So you go down, you go through the sound stages and the bungalows. Then you go through the New York City streets. Then you go through the West. Then you go through King, the King Kong and the Peter Jackson, and then you go through the uh, water effects, 
and the Weston Station, Weston area of the subway station, and the, the Cabot Cove. I think I did do everything, my friends. It is, oh, what a wonder. I mean, I would pay the whole cost to go to the park just to do that two or three times. And plus, you're sitting the whole time, and it's so relaxing. You could chit-chat, and then I, you know, I did say to the one host, I said, you know, her name was Tatiana. I said, well, look at those giants. I, I said, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? Well, the one time I had to ask the boys, those boys that were not, not nice to me, I had to, uh, I said, well, could I buy you, you boys and your mother a butterbeer? Butter and they said, uh, we're making fun of you. And I said, well, I just buy you a butterbeer and your mother and, you know, to make up for it. And then I, you know, th- then we had some dinner. So that was with those boys. But this was another trip with this uh, Tatiana. And she had these giant glass, uh, sunglasses. I said, those are gi-. And I said, uh, do you consider yourself an actress? Because I do. And she said, well, I, you know, I, I don't fancy, you know, I, I think she, she was doing a lot of improv. I said, oh, well, do you have a podcast? And she said, well, I'm thinking about it. And I said, well, I do know a pod, I know a pod boy. I said, I don't think he could help you with your podcast because he's afraid of people. But, he, you know, he's a pod boy, so I could ask him any questions you have. And that was the last tour of the day. So I said, what well, can I walk you away from your tour? And she said, well, I got to go with it. And I said, well, you know, uh, I said, I'd love to hear. I, I said, I got some questions. And she said, well, I'm off duty now. What's your name? And I said, my name's Ray. And I said, why don't we, I said, I've watched the, I, you know, I've actually, I was being humble. I've actually recorded some podcasts, but she said, oh, really you? And I said, oh, really me? What does that have to do? Uh, you were judging me with a little ageism. And she said, she laughed at that one. And I said, I could probably teach you. I, I said, you know, microphone technique is one of the more important things. And I said, I could tell you have a cat confidence. And I said, you're very cat-like. So I'm sure. And then she said, well, you should come meet my cats. And I said, well, maybe I won't because uh, you said you'll give me a hard time. And and so I trained her on how to record a podcast. We just recorded a conversation. We deleted it because it was a, you know, we were just talking when we were recording. We were just talking. And uh, I was interviewing her mostly. Actually, we were pretending we were reporters. I was pretending I was interviewing her about the boy that lives in the uh, Universal Studios, uh, the Scooter story, the bad boy story. We also had Scooter on speakerphone, but I told him not to talk because uh, we were laughing at him, and I knew he would be whimpering. And she was, so I said, well, hello, I, I'm um, I'm Duke Dukers from, I said, this is the, uh, you know, we pretended it was a, one of those podcasts where you will look into things. And we were reconstructing the boy who lived in he in this one. He was obsessed with Angela Lansbury, which I think Scooter's more obsessed with um, Bette Midler than Angela Lansbury. Uh, but she was in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which I know Scooter loves Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Bang Bang. Scooter does love saying that and loves it when I say it. Oh, but my friends, I think that's it for our tour. It was so enjoyable taking you with me, and I'm so glad to be back in your ears. I missed you so. My friends, my friends, my friends, it's your friend Ray. And remember, you know, greet the day with a smile and close the day with a smile. And all day long when you can, take a smile. 
turn around upside down, especially, you know, remember, I live next to Scooter, and I still smile all day long. Uh, try to be nice and try to have fun. That's all, you know, be nice and have fun. That's all. And don't forget the sunscreen. And uh, take us, take a tour. Because uh, Ray loves you. Good night.